Yeah. I believe. I believe. Yeah. So glad to be here with you today. So glad to share the Word of God with you and to uh, just fellowship and love. Dear Lord, I thank you today for your Word. I thank you that your Word is living, that your Word is real. And God, I thank you that you are here amongst us, O oh Father, that you are real. And Father, like the song just said, I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, so today we're going to talk about a subject that uh, I'm sure you've probably heard of it before. The black sheep. Yeah. You've heard the term black sheep. You see, you may have been the black sheep of your family, right? Uh, Yeah. Uh, You may have been at one time or another. Maybe you still are. Sometimes when you get designated it's and labeled, it's hard to get away from it. And you might have been in it and out of it and in of it and out of it a couple of times. You just can't seem to sometimes get it off of you. But this black sheep, uh, it's not a color. It's a condition. See, you can be as white as white and still be a black sheep. It's a condition. It's the sheep that's set aside that doesn't follow along, that doesn't exactly get it all the time. And you may have wandered away, either intentionally or unintentionally. Or you may be an outcast, again, intentionally or unintentionally. And you may have just been misdirected or just plain Lost. Yeah. The story today is going to be about a black sheep. Now, again, the scripture doesn't necessarily say that this sheep is black. But it talks about the condition of the sheep. And so the first thing I want to talk to you about today is the condition of being a black sheep. Again, not color, but condition. And I want to show you what Jesus Christ thinks about the black sheep how he responds to them, what he does with them, what he thinks about them. But lastly, what I want to show you today is that there's a solution that Jesus Christ has for being in the condition of a black sheep. He's got a solution. So if you've ever been a black sheep, you can just think about what he might have in store for you. Let me get into the scripture real quick, and then we'll come back a little bit. The, the scripture today is in Luke, and it's Luke 15, 1 through 7. And here's what the scripture says. Now, the tax collectors and the sinners, two groups, were gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And in verse 3, then Jesus told them this parable. And here's what he said. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, not if, when he finds it, 
he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. And then he calls all his friends and neighbors together and say, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Dear God, thank you for your word today, that it would be real to us, Father, that we could take out of this word today examples for our lives and that we could put these examples to work in our lives. As Brian was talking about giving, we need to give more. Father, as we look at this scripture today, what I do is I speak this into you today, that you will take away from this and you'll be different than when you came in today. Amen. So let me ask you this. Next slide. Yeah, let me just, I'm just going to let that sit for just a minute. Now, I'm not going to go fast by this one here. Because sometime in your life, you may have been a black sheep. You may have wandered off. You may have slipped and slided a little bit. You may have fell down in the ditch. You may have been at the bar way too long. When they would flip the lights on and off. It's time to go. And you know it's time to go. Yeah. Have you ever been a black sheep? Have you ever gotten in a mess that maybe you wish you hadn't gotten into? Said something you wish you hadn't said. Hung around the wrong crowd. Partook of the wrong stuff while you were with the wrong crowd. Yeah. Have you ever been a black sheep? Well, let me tell you what Jesus had a habit of doing. Jesus had a habit of hanging around with the black sheep. He, he made it his choice to hang around the black sheep. Now, I'll tell my son and my daughters, don't hang around that crowd. You're not Jesus. You don't belong there. You shouldn't be there. I know Jesus says be in the world, but not of the world. But you say, I don't want my kids even in the world. I don't want them around it. They got to reach a level of maturity before you can get there. And that comes with some scrapes and some scratches. It comes with some authority of knowing who you really are. Before you can get down in the ditch with somebody, you better know beforehand what decision you're going to make. Because it'll sneak up on you. And before you know it, the lights are flashing on and off. And you just can't get away. Yeah, Jesus had a habit of hanging around the black sheep. Listen to Luke 5, verse 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. And he said, follow me. And Jesus said to him, 
And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. And then Levi had a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisee and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to the disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've come to call the righteous, not the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. You see, these tax collectors had their own designation. You can think of a designation today that you may want to call some people that aren't looked on with much regard. And I'm not, I'm not saying used car salesmen. I, I, I'm talking about, do you know what I'm talking about when we label people? And these tax collectors collected taxes for the Romans. And what they did to make their living is they collected more than what they were supposed to collect. So that they could live on that. They could turn into the Romans what was due to the Romans. As Jesus said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. But these tax collectors would collect more. So when you go to pay your property taxes like you're doing now in our area this time of year, they'd add on money so that they would make more. The people hated them. They were black sheep. And Levi was a tax collector. He's also known as Matthew the Apostle. This is, this is uh, talked about in Mark 2 and in Luke 5. And Jesus called him and said to follow him. So these tax collectors and sinners that the Pharisees are talking about, I wonder if we might fit in those categories. Listen to what Luke 7 has to say. All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and the experts of the law rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. Jesus went on to say, to what then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to each other. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge. And you did not cry. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. But you say he is a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking. And you say he's a glutton and a drunkard. A friend of tax collectors and sinners. You see, Jesus associated with this group. He had a single focus for each and every one of us. Whether we're labeled a tax collector or a sinner or not, he was singularly focused but let me get back to the text. John 15, 1 and 2. Now the tax collectors and sinners were gathered around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Tax collectors and sinners, they had their own categories. Funny how the black sheep can be categorized so easily. Maybe justified. It's funny how we can categorize people so easily. You know, we can categorize them by color. By religion, education, job, people we hang out with, people we marry, a certain pedigree or a reputation. It's easy to put things into categories, and I'm not saying that's wrong. But it's what we do when we do that that we need to be real careful. The tax collectors and the sinners were listening, but the Pharisees and the teachers were not. 
They worried about him eating with them. See, there's something about a meal together. This past Thanksgiving, um, you know, when you think about our world, last few years, my mother died, my sister died, my father died, and we had COVID. You know, this whole thing of everybody's families and everybody's routines of gathering, they've been changed. And they've been changed forever. And it's never going to be the same without daddy and mama there, without grandma there, without Becky there. And so this last Thanksgiving, man, the weather was beautiful. The family got together at my house. I've got a big back porch. We sat out in the shade for hours, ate and visited. There's something that happens over a meal. Like the Last Supper. We're going to have communion here in a little bit. But there's something that happens over a meal. Some fellowship that occurs. Some bonding. There's a connection. And and the Pharisees said, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And as Jesus heard this, here's what he said in John 15, 3. Then Jesus told them this parable. Parables are stories. They're, They're just Real-life examples of how you would explain something. Now, you can easily say yes or no. Well, let me tell you this. Yeah, I eat with sinners, and it's because. But oftentimes, a parable has more impact. It it gives you a real-world example. And so Jesus begins with this parable, John 14. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Sheep were normally kept in groups of a hundred with a couple of shepherds that would walk around them, the master shepherd, a couple of helpers. And the flocks would be gathered at night with wires so that when the wolves would come, they, the shepherds had the hook and they could guard them. But sheep had a way of wandering off. Uh, sheep had a way of just turning and going a different way. Now, let me ask you, do you know anybody that's ever just turned away? Went the other way. It's eased over a step at a time. This incrementalism to get away from something. Have you ever done it? Or get lost like a black sheep? Not in color, but in concept. Have you ever got lost? Have you ever been lost? Are you lost right now? Is everything just right in your life where you don't need any intervention you don't need any help you ever leave on purpose so here's what he does when he loses one sheep John 15 4 doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it brothers and sisters I want you to know You may turn, you may wander, you may intentionally slide out the door, you may slide down the, in the ditch, you may intentionally turn and walk away until he finds you. The Son of Man came not to seek and save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost sheep. He's the good shepherd. 
My sheep know my voice. Have you ever been lost and wanted someone to call your name? You know the people, they, they get lost, and they're really wanting someone. They're crying out. They want to hear a voice. Hey, Louie, come home. Come on. It's okay. The lost son, the prodigal son, come on home. Come on home. Come on home. John fifteen five. He says, and when he finds it, he's going to go until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my sheep. My husband's back. My daughter. She came home. My son. I'm so glad you came home. You're always welcome here. Don't leave. Stay. In the same way I tell you, there's joy in the presence of angels over God, over one sinner who repents. I want you to see a picture. Jesus said in this parable that they would find the sheep and that he would put the sheep on his shoulder and bring him home. Now, I don't know how many of you have animals. You may have a cat or a dog that stays inside. And that animal is probably clean. I'm not talking about Hebrew clean. I'm talking about physically clean. But if you've ever had an animal that lived outside, we did. Had a dog, Betsy, lived outside. She'd come in the house some, but she'd lay in the dirt. She'd go through the ditch. She'd lay on the dirt after she went through the ditch. She would use the bathroom and wouldn't use any toilet paper or wash her hands. Can you imagine what her underside was like? And how about the sheep that wanders away? It's, it's in the desert. It's getting dirty. The food that it's eating and the excrement that comes out, it's dirty. And it says that he put the sheep upon his shoulder. I want you to see this picture of us when we go astray. Us when we're the black sheep. We may not sleep in the kind of places we should sleep. We may not eat in the kind of places we should eat. We may be laying down on cardboard boxes in the woods or under trees or in a crack house. Or in a hotel. And we may not be clean. Not in the Hebrew way. But in the physical way. And he picks up this animal. And he puts the dirtiest part over his shoulder. And he carries it home.
Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that no matter how dirty we get, no matter how far we've drifted away, no matter what we've got on our stomach, God's got a way for us. He's, he's, he's got a plan for us. He, he's got a mission for us. And, and you know, you may be on the outside with a pressed shirt, pressed pants, nice dress, and jewelry. But the very inner parts of you may have gone astray. They may have lingered and may have gotten lost. doesn't make us any less clean. I want you to listen to what the Message Bible has to say. I wanted, you, I wanted you to know that we can all be black sheep. I wanted you to know that Jesus hangs around for him, but I wanted you to know he's got a plan. He's got a plan for if you're a black sheep, if you've been a black sheep, if you're going to be a black sheep. Psalm 55:22. Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load. He'll help you out. He'll never let good people topple into ruin. He'll pick us up. He'll put us on his shoulder and he'll carry us out of where we don't need to be. And he'll take us home. He'll get us back where we need. He'll unload us. And he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. John fifteen seven. I tell you the same way. There will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. Than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. See, it's not just about being saved. Repent means to turn away from and turn to. Aren't we having to make those choices every day? Sometimes every moment. Every time we're around a group of friends, you've you got to make those choices. Every time we're around a people that want to complain about everything all the time, we're having to make those choices. My wife and I were talking the other day. And she said, Lou, I just don't want to be around negative people, period. Now, sometimes we have to because of what we do. But when we got off time and we back out of something that we've, we're trying to fix, I just don't want to be around negative people. They'll drag you down. Black sheep, no more. Here's what Isaiah 53, 6 says. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. As we are coming to a time today of communion, it's a time of understanding that Jesus Christ gave his life for us. And that through his 
body and through his blood, we have redemption. That he gave his life, his body, and that he gave his blood, that as it dripped on the earth, as the blood soaked into the ground, what it did is it sanctified, it redeemed the earth for us. And the scriptures say that as we take this communion, that we should examine ourselves. It's like this black sheep that goes away. We should take a look and just self-examine. Am I acting like a black sheep? Am I thinking like a black sheep? Am I a black sheep? I'll tell you this. Through the sacrament of communion, it paints the most beautiful picture in the world of what God does for us and has done. It's complete. He laid the iniquity on him for all of us. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to have communion. We're going to pass out uh, the cup and the bread that may be in there. And then we're going to hold it all until everybody's been served. And once everybody's been served, then we're going to have communion together. Dear Lord, I thank you right now for this opportunity to experience, Father, the bringing in of your blood and the sharing of your body amongst us. May we, O oh Father, see what it is you would have us to see through this communion, and would you speak to us, and Father, help us to understand who you really are in our lives. Amen.
God, we thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, God, that we can together partake in communion. That by taking your body and your blood, that we can understand what you have done for us. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, it says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, it says he took bread. And when he had given thanks, we thank you for this bread, O God. We thank you for this bread that represents the body of Christ. We thank you, Father, that this is the body that would carry us out of our sin. This would carry us back from the black sheep, that you would put us on your shoulders, you would bring us home. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Lord, thank you for your saving grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your compassion. God, thank you that your arm is not so short that it can't get us. Father, thank you that you show us that you would grab us up, take us off our feet, wrap us around your neck, between your head and your heart, that you would wrap our body around you. And you would carry us. If you're here today and you haven't made that decision for Christ, I'd, I, would, I would tell you that this is the time. I would let you know that God is talking to you specifically. You're here. If you need to change your life, come out of blackness, come out of darkness, that today would be the day that you would reveal your life to him. Draw closer to him as he draws close to you and carries you home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. God bless you. Have a great, great afternoon and a great week. We'll see you next week. Pastor Ramona is teaching. In the morning hour, you won't want to miss it. God bless you all. Bless you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Amen.